You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. The Daily Music Business Podcast. The content of this episode of the Daily Music Business Podcast comes from a video on the YouTube channel of Outer Loop Group. Go to outerloop.group backslash YouTube to subscribe. For Outer Loop Coaching's free seven steps to getting signed PDF, please visit outerloopcoaching.com today. Let's dive in. Thank you very much for uh, being willing to take part in this. Uh, we're really excited to talk with you. And, and Mike, I'm always excited to pull as much out of your brain as I possibly can. So, um, uh, yeah, so uh, Ash Abelson, founder and CEO of Sumerian Records, and Mike Mallory from 10th Street Management. Thank you both for being here. Uh, so, Ash, uh, I'll start with you. Uh, ah, hey, Mike. Mike Mallory, 10th Street, just fucking throwing haymakers, dude. I love it. There it is, baby. That's great. So, Ash, how is the coronavirus lockdown impacting your 2020 release schedule? Um, well, uh, it's made it hard for us to shoot music videos because we can't really do cruise, and we have to obviously abide by whatever the state social distancing laws are. Um, some bands are sheltering in place together, which makes it a bit easier at least to do some content. But as far as everything we already had like in the can, in the sense that it's already recorded, um, we haven't really pushed anything. We kept uh, Pally Royale and Ask Alexandria's schedules both unlocked for May. And then it'll really just depend. Um, we're not moving anything because of the virus in the sense of like strategy of timelines. It's really just because literally we don't have uh, the master audio recordings finished um, to put out. Was that something that was that a conversation? Was it something that, I mean, I imagine your phone was ringing, you know, how did that sort of that decision to just stay the course come about? Um, you know, some managers wanted to push and wait for tours to come back and to be able to, you know, shoot different content. And I was pretty bullish with my approach just telling everyone, I go, guys, the only thing we know for certain is that for the next couple of months, everyone's going to be sitting on their ass at home. So, that's the only thing we know. And the other thing we know is that they're going to be watching TV and listening to music. So we can either be part of the solution or we can make people more stir crazy and withhold entertainment from them. So in the, in the, in the, in the words of uh, the prophet Kurt Cobain, here we are now entertain us. So that's what we did. Gotcha. And Mike, like uh, you didn't have anything coming out at this time, but what, is your perspective as a manager and from sort of from the artist's point of view to that is different from the label's point of view when it comes to releasing music, especially during a time like this? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think there's an argument to be made on either side. I'm grateful that I don't have to have some of those difficult decisions. Um, you know, one of the reasons I'm excited to talk to a guy like Ash is uh, for as long as I've known him, he seems to think differently than many other people. So if, you know, I'm saying, let's look at, you know, moving these things because of tours or whatever, I mean, he's gonna have a label hat on, but he's worn so many other hats that, you know, it's like, does the value of, as he just said, entertaining us make more sense than, okay, let's wait for a corresponding tour when really we don't have any clue when the tours are actually going to happen. Right. There's things that are being moved or, you know, uh, that we don't know if they're 
going to happen or not. I mean, we're just, everybody's operating on essentially best guesses at this moment. Um, <clears throat> I think as I have said previously, you know, we've scrambled with the, the you know, the main artist I manage is Ice Nine Kills, and we had some content that, you know, is ancillary um, that, you know, we were, so it's not a full album. It's not, you know, I, I don't want to disclose what it is because neither of the, but if none of the things that we've talked about have been announced yet, but you know, this was stuff we were sitting on trying to make a plan during this album cycle to get out. And we're now reprioritizing because we've got it. There's nothing else that as, you know, just as I've said, like, let's get it out there. Let's give people something to pay attention to um, while they're, you know, a captive audience essentially. Yeah. And, and, and just to, you know, talk about on both sides of the coin. If it was a completely brand new band that had no base whatsoever, and we might be a bit more reluctant, we probably would still, you know, probably leave it up to the band at that point. Um, but for bands that have an established base, I'm pretty firm in the belief that you should get it out there and be creative with how you can, you know, create content to support uh, the actual audio recordings. Um, but, uh, you know, the touring things, tough because you just don't know and, and even stuff with radio like we have we're having some of our best radio momentum right now with ask alexandria and i'm, I'm just curious what the the reach is me personally i listen to the radio in the car and i listen to playlists at home i don't know if that's a reflection of, of the majority of music fans but i literally virtually never put the radio on at my house i just that's when i listen to playlists and in the car i pretty much never listen to playlists. i just put the radio on so that's one thing that's kind of a, I think a variable in all this is what does a radio campaign mean versus what it meant, you know, a few months ago. It still means something, but I just don't think it, it carries as much weight. I think playlisting probably right now is the most important thing for new music discovery outside of, um, you know, just creative content that goes viral and, and you know, having a, a hit song that everyone's, you know, sending their friends. So when you say uh, that playlist is, playlisting is the best way for new music discovery, but you still want, you would still suggest for an artist who doesn't have an established base to maybe consider pushing back and waiting. Be, is that because touring is just such a big part of getting to that new music discovery that might even happen still on playlisting or is it unassociated? It's just so big. I mean, how do you, you sort of, well, I mean, I, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that it's the be all end all. I don't mean that in a, in a, in an absolute, you know, way. It was more kind of just conversational rhetoric. Like yeah, it, I it, it, I think as far as like a generic way of new, of new ears getting on your stuff, that's probably the most like plug and play version. Obviously if you have, a song or a hook that goes viral on TikTok or Triller or some, you know, clever uh, video meme that has, you know, a needle drop in it, like in the music plays right after the joke and millions of people are sharing it. There's a lot of other things that could be this explosive um, kind of catalyst to getting a bunch of new people to listen to a song. But as far as the like, you know, the by the book industry, plug and play scenarios. I, th I do think playlisting right now is super valuable. That and, and then peer to peer stuff. So if you have popular artists posting on their socials about another band, uh, which is something we try and instill with Sumerian uh, as far as interlabel promotions of other bands helping put each other over uh, in the words of pro wrestling, put each other over means like, you know, help them get over with the crowd, help them expand their, their brand and, and reach. So 
you must have dropped yeah, I mean, like a half dozen things there. I'm, I'm taking notes on it. I'm going to come back to you later. But go ahead, Mike. Sorry. No, I mean, I was just going to say it's interesting. I mean, what I love about this time, right, is it allows us to, you know, you and I have talked extensively, Paul, about like if we built the music business today without any of the history, would we do it the same way? And, you know, now we're in this place where, um, you know, I was talking about the charts with somebody yesterday and they asked what the band's sales were. And I said, you know, really, I feel like we're almost at a point where nobody cares what the actual sales were. And, you know, if I think back, the, you know, part of the reason why I want a band to be on tour when a record comes out is, you know, especially if you're on a support tour, if you don't have the fan base already is, yeah, you've got a vehicle, you're in front of people, you can talk about the release, whatever, but really it was about selling it, you know, and it was all of the drivers that went along with that. If you were on tour, you could stop by and do an in-store. Okay, well, we've kind of pretty much gotten well past, you know, there being any you know, any real steady stream of, uh, you know, in stores available. And so, okay, if we go to selling something at the merch table, right? Like if I can sell 20 copies that goes into my sound scan, you do that times 30 dates, you got 600 copies, right? Well, uh, you know, as Ash will tell you, streaming is just as important, if not more than those sales at this point. So, well, especially you know, because it, of the billboard rule changes, I would imagine, right? Yeah, and it really just allows you to like completely take that component out of it. So again, if you've got good songs, if you've got good content, if you've got all of the drivers that are ready to go anyways, you know, the tour is sort of this, I'm not going to say it's completely antiquated, but you know, it's like we base things off of that because that's what we've done as long as I've been in this business is base things around tours. This might be this fundamental shift of us all realizing you know, yes, we need touring because it's an income driver, but, you know, unless Ash has got bands in a 360 deal, he's not seeing the income from that show. So why does he care from a label's perspective, whether it comes out while on, on a tour or whether or not he can just make the best release strategy possible? Well, that's interesting that you bring up the 360 deal because I, I was wondering whether just the fact that, that the, the touring piece of the 360 deal has been so obviously impacted as far as label income for those labels that, are, that have the 360 contracts, whether that would discourage labels from doing 360 deals going into the future or the opposite because all the revenue has been impacted so more, it, even labels that were before resistance to the 360 deals are going to be pushing for more and more. What's your opinion on that, Ash? And, and you know, has, has your perspective changed at all in the wake of this? And uh, in regards to 360s, I don't, I don't think anything's really changed. It's just business as usual. Some bands are going to sign them because you're getting in with them very early when they don't have um, a lot of proven track record and they're not really making money. Um, and other bands, whether there's a pandemic or not, if, you know, if they're already popular or they have, you know, a lot of different options and offers on the table, then they can, you know, have more uh, strength in, in negotiating uh, to not have a 360 component. But to me, the biggest determining factor in that is just how early you get in on a band um, and how eager they are to get a label behind them to help build their career with them. Well, a different perspective, however, I'm curious, you know, let's say a band came to you, I presume many bands have come to you and said, hey, look, we just got our next six months of income wiped out, right? So either let's jumpstart 
the recording process, which means you've got to kick money in or, you know, hey, can you give us a loan? Because there's going to be future income, but you know your next royalty statement isn't until you know royalty statements just came. The next one isn't until September, you know. So does it allow you to say, hey, look, of course I'm going to loan you some money, right? But I may want to be protected and take, not even take, participate in you know a stream of income that you may might not have had, whether it's touring or something else, in order to you know be able to offer some of that support. Yeah, there's definitely, look, the, the phone's, uh, you know, it's ringing off the hook with people looking for help. We were even going to shoot a funny video with, uh, I, I love Bill Withers, you know, God rest his soul and lean on me is like the theme song right now for like artists calling their labels. Like, if you hear the song, the lyrics kind of say it all. And we were actually just going to sit here with a wad of cash and play the song in the background and shoot a fun video meme of like record labels with their artists during, you know, COVID-19. Um, but yeah, some, some, some bands are coming and asking, Hey, I know we're, you know, we're still on this album. Can we get the advance for the next record? Um, someone's are just asking for loans. Um, and yes, yeah, and some of that will renegotiate, um, to maybe extend the relationship or what I think is the easiest way to say, look, you need more money. Give me more songs, go do some acoustics, do some covers, do some collaborations. Um, Subscribe today to the Daily Music Business Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Hey there, I'm Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, Everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks With Johnny, streaming everywhere now.